When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. As usual, it is Drew here with Josh and Carner catching you up on a wild couple weeks, I guess, of MLS action. It's been a while since we've last talked, maybe nearly a month, three to four weeks. Um, a lot has happened in Major League Soccer in the wild world of soccer in North America. And we're going to catch up on all of it. We're going to try our darn bestest. But yeah, here we are again. It's been a while since we've last talked. Uh, basketball is over. The Braves have actually lost a game. And um, we're in the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's exciting for Connor. I haven't, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, so we'll do that. Connor, how, how has life been? Who do you have winning the Stanley Cup? And yeah, Toronto got beat, but we'll talk more about that. No, we don't have to. Um... <laughs> Actually, quickly before I get, tell you my prediction for the cup final, which is going to be very, very wrong because the team I've picked is already down two games. Uh, I did a video. I have another show and podcast and all that stuff uh, on a YouTube channel called The Big League. We did a video a few weeks ago after the Leafs had lost uh, doing like, a, okay, what would I do if I was GM of the Leafs uh, going into the offseason? It did pretty well we ended up getting like close to 400 views is what it's currently at but i got my first piece of hate from it <laughs> uh from a guy i can't say his first name but uh blank obama uh and i'm paraphrasing here said, is it pronounced barack by any chance <laughs> no it is ah, uh, what a good something inappropriate with the way you're handling this pronounced uh p-h-a-k um Maybe that's Barack's burner account. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a really terrible <laughs> burner account. This guy is unwatchable. So, um, yeah. So, that's hilarious to me. Uh, but, yeah, comment on all our stuff because it helps us. Even if it's hate, I don't give a crap. Other than that, yeah, watching the cup final, I think Tampa was going to win, but now they're down two games to Colorado and got their backsides 
absolutely handed to them on touchdown baby <laughs> okay fake colorado resident um, <laughs> yeah so that's been entertaining watching the nba final was pretty good too um but other than that yeah a friend of mine was in the para athletic swimming champion world championships uh so i was watching that she was over in portugal uh wrapped that up on her last race of saturday so uh that was kind of cool watching that all last week but yeah that's it josh what have you been doing how are you being busy and actually doing things instead of me yeah yeah i've been super busy um even today it's like I had work this morning and then I worked out and then I taught lessons and then I went to the grocery store and then I came home, had a snack and now it's time to, to do the pod. And then I got to go to my friends and cat sit after this. So it's, it's a lot today. It's going to be a while before I can finally sit down and be absolved of my responsibilities. Um, how have I been staying busy? Well, I've been playing an absolute ton of golf. I played three times last week. Uh, that was just like actual rounds. And I went to the driving range in addition to that a couple of times. Um, that is, that is mostly what I've been doing. Now, the craziest thing about that is that this past week here in Atlanta, it was a feels like outside of 107 degrees Fahrenheit. So it was pretty freaking hot. I don't know that I've ever felt it this hot before. And uh, the temperature itself wasn't that bad. It was like high nineties. That's actually pretty bad, but um, with the humidity and the heat and everything, it just made everything so much worse to the point where I think it was Friday night or Saturday night. It was like 95 degrees outside and it actually felt good because it, it the feels like wasn't 105. So I'm, my body is adjusting in a weird way to all this uh, extreme heat. Apparently it's supposed to be pretty hot again this week. Um, yesterday, the weather was actually really, really beautiful, which is strange compared to earlier, but tons and tons of golf. Uh, after our last recording, I went to the Nashville game against Atlanta United. That's how long ago that was. That was at the end of May. And that was a lot of fun, except for the three hour rain delay in the middle of the game. That part kind of sucked, but it is the coolest stadium I've ever been to. It is the best stadium i've ever been to in terms of like crowd and experience those first 18 minutes before that rain delay when that place was packed i tell you it was honestly though it was so cool there's nothing like it the way the the stadium is built to keep the sound in and how on top of the field so my friends and i we had seats in the second row of the second level behind uh the away goal like across from the supporter section and it felt like we were right on top of the goal and then we're up in the second level. And then later on during the rain delay to escape the rain, because the roof does not cover as much as the seating as you would hope it would in rain. Uh, I went all the way up to the very top of the second level. Even that was still like really close to the field. So they did an amazing job with Geodis Park. And if you guys, obviously, Drew, it's probably easier for you. You need to get over there when you get a chance. Connor, if you ever find yourself coming down to the Southeast, swing on down, hit a hit a Nashville game and a Lane United game. Definitely. I would say it's more worth your time to go to the Nashville game than an Atlanta game, just from the pure atmosphere. It was just, it was, it was really cool. And no knock against Q2 where Austin plays, where I got to see them play a game last fall, but it's really different in Nashville. I have to admit you complaining about the rain is very hysterical to me as a Toronto FC supporter. Um, because 
that's all we have in the spring and all we get in the fall and in the winter we get snow. So while you complain about one game of rain, we had to put up with years of not even having any cover. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to complain because I am fortunate to live in a city that is intelligent and built a building <laughs> that is not affected by rain. That roof is wonderful. <laughs> okay. And uh, it also might have something to do with why this city got picked over Nashville for the World Cup, but we'll get to that in a little bit. No, but okay. Yes, actually, that's a huge, huge part of it. There are other parts of it, but I think that is a big part. (laughs) All right. Drew, how are you doing? I am good, pretty busy. Um, Got today off in quotation marks for Juneteenth yesterday. Today was like the federal federal holiday, I guess. That's what it's called when it falls on a weekend. Um, Had to do a little bit of stuff because... Independence is in Chattanooga on Wednesday, so kind of got to get ready for that. Was in Raleigh two days ago um, to watch them play North Carolina FC. Lost. They've been on bad stress. They've lost like three in a row now. All three have been road games that I actually attended, so maybe I'm the bad luck now that I think about it. Um, was in Greenville. Super good setup in Greenville for the Triumph. Was in Richmond um, for the Kickers. Really cool stadium, really old stadium but really awesome atmosphere in Richmond and then North Carolina where the courage also play super good setup. So kind of getting to see a little more of the league. Um, a lot of the teams are pretty close to here. So those are definitely drivable distances. And then there's like forward Madison and there's a team in Fresno. So I don't think I'll go see those anytime soon, but that's been really fun uh, season. We're about halfway through the season and kind of getting busy with that our w league team is still going on they play Asheville on tuesday so we're wrapping up their season so the days of having two teams is not much longer um so yeah staying pretty busy but it has been fun went to dc a couple weeks ago did not go to dc united game they weren't in town but i did go to the Nats game, uh, when Michael Harris hit his first ever home run, that was a lot of fun to see. I watched his first ever game in a Braves uniform in Atlanta and then got to see his hit, him hit his first ever home run. So I think I have a new favorite Braves player. Um, so that was cool. Cool city. I'd never been there before. Got to walk around all the monuments and stuff. Um, I have not been playing as much golf as Josh nor as I would like. So probably the first time I go back on, it's going to be rough. But that's just, ah. I guess that's why you just like, keep playing and keep giving the money so you don't get really bad. Um, or you can be like me and get a job at a course so that you don't have to pay to play. You know, a part-time golf gig would not be the worst idea in the world. It is, it's been pretty hot here. I've learned that the weather here in Atlanta is pretty much the same thing. So whenever I'm complaining about how hot it is, my family and everyone back home is complaining about how hot it is. So it's pretty similar weather wise here. Um, not far at all. And yeah, World Cup stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about, that took up the most of my attention. And College World Series is going on. I love watching that. Yeah, I think it's pretty much it, actually. Almost done with The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Super good show. Highly recommend it. But I think that's all I got. All right. Well, there we go. That's our lives <laughs> that you don't care about. Uh- a lot of stuff happened since our last episode, which released on May 20th, which was exactly a month ago. 
um, <laughs> which weird that is happening. Uh, also, I'm going to be trying a new editing software on this episode. So we'll see how that turns out. I might. I'm excited for that. Very quickly revert back to the old one. Uh, but I need to learn it because on every job offer things, qualifications, it is listed as something you should know. So yeah, I got to learn that. Um, but let's talk about MLS because a lot happened. First, we'll stick on the media side of things. New TV deal has been announced, although it's not really a TV deal because all of it is streaming at, to this point. Basically, if you've been living under a rock, uh, MLS and Apple TV have agreed to a $2.5 billion, $10 10-year $10 <laughs> uh, deal with Apple TV. Global rights. So you will no longer experience any blackouts. It's all going to be streaming, though. Uh, it won't be on TV channels. However, they're still negotiating with current rights holders like TSN, RDS, um, or TVI. I'm not sure which one in Quebec owns it. ESPN. Uh, who's the Spanish? Is it TUDN or? Telemundo, TDN. Yeah. Univision. Univision. They're still negotiating with all of them to show games still on their networks. Obviously, this hasn't been completely finished. Um, there's still the things that they have to sort out, including the digital rights, which is like social media posting and stuff like that. But this is a huge deal. Um, the long deal. I was surprised at how long it was. I figured it would only be a few years uh, given the World Cup and MLS trying to leverage that. but. 10 years, getting $250 million, uh, guaranteed per year is pretty nice. And I think there could be add-ons as well to it, I think. Uh, one thing I saw was if the viewership reaches a certain number, some of that money goes to the league, or Apple will share some money with the league. So there's kind of that incentive atmosphere to it. I don't know if it's like more money or just something like that. It's weird. Yeah, it's... It's unprecedented. We've never had an agreement like this in North American sports, period. I don't even know if you've really had it in global sports uh, or Western global sports. I can't really speak to the Asian markets or um, Australian stuff like that. But it's a big deal. It's a big agreement. With your season seats, if you are a season seat holder, you will receive this package complimentary uh with your tickets so bit of incentive if you aren't already to go and buy season seats right there uh but yeah i have apple tv i don't know i has they clarified if it's going to be an additional package you have to buy or included in apple tv i haven't seen any clar clarification anywhere i still think based on the wording from all the press releases that it's going to be a fee on top of what we already pay for Apple TV plus. So hopefully it's not very expensive. Yeah. Uh, that sort of sucks, but it is a big agreement. Um, for Drew, you don't have Apple TV. I do not more subscriptions to watch soccer. We love it. I'm curious if this will change your viewership habits. If you'll start to go more to the illegal side of things, then <laughs> paying for subscriptions to watch MLS every week. 
Yeah, so since I don't have Apple TV Plus, but I think it's like five bucks a month, um, that kind of shows me that the MLS like streaming service thing is gonna be less than five bucks. So I mean, if it's like three bucks, like that's not that's good, that's accessible, I think. Um, but I did enjoy, I didn't enjoy the quality of the ESPN broadcast, and we kind of had to deal with that again this past weekend. I think it was portland somebody else had a kickoff pushback because the college world series game was still going portland la galaxy um had their like you couldn't watch it i think on i think it was like push espn three or something like that because the college world series game was going over and that happens like all the time so we don't we won't have that issue with apple tv which is good but i enjoyed having baseball basketball football hockey everything included in mls in that espn plus so that i'm kind of upset about um but because it's probably going to be less than five bucks i don't think i'll go to the illegal streaming world yet for it now if it's like i don't even know if it's like 10 bucks a month or something maybe but if it's sub five i think i'll i'll be able to get it going and not go illegal yeah that's one of my big concerns with the TV deal is how are you going to attract the non-Apple TV users, the non-already MLS fans? Obviously, I think creating these deals with the current rights holders will be positive and will help. But at the same time, like, are people really going to be willing to spend that extra money just to watch MLS? And I worry that the league starts to sort of stagnate in terms of fan engagement and uh, bringing in new fans because they're not as accessible as they once were when they were on ESPN, TSN, and all the other uh, acronym letters, sports channels. Um, Another thing that's sort of flown under the radar, but I think is interesting is MLS are controlling the broadcasts. It's not Apple TV doing them. How concerning is that? Could be really good. Could be really bad. If the broadcasts suck, like we can't, we can't blame ESPN. We can't blame Apple TV. If the broadcasts suck, it's all MLS's fault. So it's kind of like accountability. Like if it sucks, it's the league's fault, which is good. Like you have more creative control, I guess to say, but that's more responsibility. It's also like when you look at, um, Criticism. How are they going to handle criticism? How are they going to critique players? Will they critique players? Because at the same time, like this is their players, they're their employees. So are they going to go out there and are they going to be critical of performances and how teams are doing? All right. Let me, let me hop in on this. Okay. Ask a single Austin FC fan how they feel about Andrew Reeby, the host of MLS's in-house podcast. And I think everyone exactly. hates Matt Doyle. A I don't bit. think there's going to be any problem with MLS hiring on-air talent that will be critical of players and of the league. Um, well, maybe the league itself, because you know, using the extra time guys as an example, they are not as aggressive as you know you see like some of the like the athletic guys like stage cool and tonorio especially they're when they have a criticism they are very forward with it which we need that that is 
a need in order to grow soccer here and especially MLS because the, the league needs to grow and evolve. And that's not going to happen without its fair share of criticism. That being said, I, I can't imagine that any of the on-air talent, you know, based on the way the current MLS employees handle things, I doubt we'll see any criticisms of the league, but as far as players and coaches, um, you know, how the league itself handles disciplinary issues, like off the field issues. Uh, I think that will be fine. I'm not exactly, not, not really worried about that. As for the broadcast, as of right now, I'm not concerned just be based on the information we have, which is not a lot, of course. My opinion will definitely change as we learn more, as more details come out. But as of right now, it looks like it's going to be better. I don't know if you guys saw, but there was some reporting done. I can't remember who said it, so I feel bad for not crediting them. But someone pointed out that some MLS broadcasts are currently being done in 720p, and that's and that now going forward, all of the broadcasts will be done in 1080p. That's great. However, that's just one small aspect of this entire thing. That's not, will the streams have issues? Will, you know, there's so many that could be a problem. I want, I want to counter here quickly, because in Canada, at least, you can watch some games in 4K. So there's also a downgrade in some markets. That's, that's fine. And maybe th that 4K will still exist since it already does. And there can be, I, I don't know. And, and that's the other thing, MLS, like, we don't know how they're going to handle doing the in-house broadcasting. Are they going to, and this is, these are points raised by, I think it was Stage School in his article for The Athletic. But is the league going to build its own centralized headquarters for broadcasting? Uh, they have so much hiring to do before next season. There's only six months left for them, not they, necessarily build, but to buy studio space and to use, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying even just, though, like that's something they need to have already done. Like it's going to take a very, very long time for that kind of stuff to be built and ready and able to broadcast these games, maybe renting. They could rent some stuff or they could come to agreements with ESPN, TSN, uh, to UDN or whatever um, to use their facilities, what they currently have in place. Or, um, oh, I had the word, something off. Um, just outsource. That's what I was looking for. They could outsource it to those broadcasters, paying them to do it. But I need more information. Like there's... Obviously, the initial dump was good, and I think getting the initial fees and stuff was positive. But the minute details weren't there, and I think that's what's going to make or break this deal. It are the minute details and how they are able to attract people to use Apple TV or get them away from cable and onto streaming. That's going to be a really, really big challenge for the league and Apple TV themselves. I think overall, this is going to be a good deal no matter what, just based on the money alone, even though I'm sure 250 million will look small in 10 years by the time we're at the end of the deal and probably sooner than that. But overall, I think it's a good deal. Plus if Apple hits a certain amount of subscriptions for this, they will increase the amount of money they're giving the league. Um, so hopefully that happens. But you know, your concern about growing the league to people who aren't casual viewers or i guess people who aren't regular viewers like people like us i don't think that's that big of an issue because the ratings for mls are garbage they're so terrible on cable networks they get better ratings on the spanish-speaking networks so i think mls is smart to go ahead and profit off of its already existing fan base 
suckers like us who are going to pay those five bucks a month for MLS as an additional add-on to a service we already pay for. So they're going to go ahead and make their profits off of us, the people like us. Are they going to bring in people? I don't know. And do they have to? I don't think so because they're already getting so much money from Apple. I just, it's actually not that much money. Um, no, it's not. Relatively compared to everything, it's not a lot. Two of you are suckers because one of us has season seeds. Um, so we get it free, which is, again, I think a brilliant part of the agreement that it comes with season seeds, uh, which hopefully offsets some of the uh, local TV agreements with teams and stuff. Uh, but I th- like the way that you build your brand and the way that you build your service and uh, gain public attention is through new viewers. And, you know, viewers do die off and look at the MLB, Josh, look at the MLB. No, no, no. These are all irrelevant points. MLS's main demographic is not old people. That's why they're doing the streaming thing. Also, oh crap. What was I about to say? Oh man, this is driving me crazy. Um, I, I forgot what I was going to say. I had another really big point. Andrew also has, wants to hop. What did you say before the MLB thing? Um, you need to bring in new viewership because you will lose viewers. Plain and simple. People won't pay for it. There are no viewers to bring in though. Oh, okay. Now I know what I was going to say. Now I know what I was going to say. Okay. Sorry, Drew. I, I know I'm putting this off. Okay. How do you attract new viewers <laughs> to MLS? N- not, not through a TV deal. What is the true root he's gonna uh reason to attract viewers to mls he's gonna take what is it you go ahead and answer it yeah the 2026 fifa world cup which we talked about the length of the deal it's not not but that is a fact of course but that i think that's why apple did this because that deal is going to extend years beyond 2026 um you're going to satisfy the fans you currently have, which is cheaper and easier to satisfy current customers than go get new customers. And then this world Cup's going to bring in a oh, ton no. of people. I think this is brilliant for Apple. I think if Apple were going to do any TV deal, it makes sense to do it with MLS. My issue was on the MLS side of things, because I, I think they're going to lose viewership. Okay, I don't so, think so back to what I was trying to say, not the world cup. How do you make MLS more attractive to a soccer fan? Not an MLS fan, a soccer fan in general in this country. How do you make MLS more attractive? There are so many different things. What is the main thing? What is the main thing? Number one on my list would be promotion relegation. We're getting warmer. Even though that's way off, we're getting warmer. (laughs) Salary cap. Yes, Yes. the on-field product needs to be better. Soccer fans in North America are not idiots. The reason why they all pay more attention to the Premier League is one, it's been around longer, of course, so that's an advantage. But two, they can tell that the quality of play is better. Now, for people like us, we love the chaos that MLS brings. But to a less involved soccer fan, which is what most of those EPL fans are, they're not going to give a care about MLS until the actual play on the field is better plus mls has to shake off its reputation it's gotten better about the whole retirement league thing and that is finally starting to shift but think about how long that's taken it was still a big thing when atlanta united joined the league that was five years ago and we are only four years away from the world cup so if mls wants to attract more viewers it needs to make the on-field product better how do they make the on-field product better 
money, 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 yes. money, money, which is what they're getting from Apple. And they're still going to make a deal with ESPN and uh, 2DNA and the Spanish speaking channels. That is yet to be done. Fox is still in the running as well. So that is an additional probably 50 million that you're tacking on a year to bring it up to 300 million. Is it a lot? Not really, because compared to what the NFL and the NBA and all the other big leagues do, no. And compared to what Premier League does in this country, it is not a lot. But for MLS, it's a lot. We're about to multiply the TV income alone by five, by five. But at the same time, say you add the 50 million through other TV deals, which I think that's probably reasonable. It's a little generous, but I'm just making it a nice yeah. round number of 300 million a year. Yeah, exactly. That's what we have 26 teams, just over 10 million bucks per team. It's going to be 30 year. by the time the league, by the deal kicks in. Well, Vegas has to join, but assume it's 30. Yeah. So 30. So that's 10 million bucks per team. How much of an impact is that really going to have? Okay, well, look, it's not really $10 million because the league has to take out money. They have to spend their own money on the broadcasting since they're doing that in-house. But at the end of the day, this is still a lot more money, and it will affect the salary cap. And it, yeah, can, affect, it can affect the salary cap even more if MLS allows it to, if they can relax on some <laughs> of the rules. But my whole point about all this is I get that you're worried about bringing in new viewers, Connor, but at the end of the day, a TV deal is not going to affect that. It is the play on the field. And it starts with an injection of money, which is what we're getting from this new TV deal. A TV deal very plays a big part in that. Um, I'm a media graduate, Joshua. Uh, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I will say my biggest beef with this, and I don't think we've touched on it, is the elimination of local broadcast. Because... Now, I know Bally Sports is kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, that's we, just coming from an Atlanta person. We are like, lucky I don't know to be able to watch use. our local broadcast, Drew. Uh, so many of my friends get pissed off because I they don't can't know watch what. the United Games. So I would rather trade off losing the local flavor, the, the connection you have to your announcers. And I also say that as an Atlanta fan, knowing that Kevin Egan, he's probably going to be one of those broadcasters. Maurice Edu, he's uh, already a Fox broadcaster. So like, as at least from an Atlanta perspective, you're not losing the people that you've already yeah. um, built a relationship with. I don't think you're going to lose But I don't know what the other teams I, are like. Like, is it this hard to watch Columbus Crew games or something like that? I don't know. Because now you can't just be scrolling on TV and, like, see the crew playing a team. I know I'm cutting you off, like, 15 times, Connor. But that's my biggest beef with this. Is I think there broadcast. still will be local broadcasts. That is an option. I, teams are allowed to do that if they want. I think what they could do is they're going to hire broadcasters for each team and potentially have two different audio feeds, one for Toronto FC viewers, say, one for Atlanta United viewers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's maybe just in Canada with um, the Canadian guys, but I think that could be something that they end up doing because I think it can make a lot of sense. Now, they are doing something like that to an extent. You guys saw that. They're doing the radio broadcast. So, Drew... So we get to listen exactly. to Mike Conti and, and Jason. That's an option just in the app. Love them. Through Apple TV, you will be able to just flip that's to killer. your local radio feed. So I think that alone will keep the whole local aspect to it, and that'll be nice. And then, like Connor is saying, at the end of the day, if a team wants to do a local broadcast team, they are allowed to do so. However, they got to pay for it. So I don't know how many clubs are going to exactly. So will and they again, actually it depends. do it? When you're thinking about a San Jose, like, does San Jose have a strong fan base? No. Does Houston have a strong fan base right now? No. Does Colorado have a strong fan base right now? No. 
do they have big enough fan bases to warrant a local broadcast? I don't think so. And I doubt their local broadcast team is so amazing that everyone is going to want it to continue on. At the end of the day, I think this is about ease and just it's going to be so much e- so much more easier for fans to get access to the game. The fans that want access to MLS, which is a very like specific niche type of fan anyway. Ivan is about to come for your head, by the way. Um, but I think it's so much cheaper now to be able to do this. Like, I think you could do a local broadcast for, say you pay 150,000 bucks. That's a lot for your two play-by-play color guys. You can realistically do it from home off a TV screen. I don't like that, but you could do it, or you could have them go travel with the team in, I, you're looking at maybe like 350 grand, 500 grand. It, my complete guesstimation, which isn't actually that much money. So I could see a lot of teams doing it. I think the big markets will. I think you'll see the LA Galaxy, LAFC, Toronto FC, um, Atlanta. I think you'll see those markets. It's the Cincinnati, or maybe even Cincinnati will do it, but like the smaller markets, as you were saying, the San Jose's, the, uh, Colorado's, I don't know, uh, who maybe there isn't that want for it, I guess, or desire, but it's my, I worry about them being able to bring in new fans. I know Josh, you don't like that point of view, but if you want to grow the brand, if you want to grow the sport and you want to grow the league, you need to bring in these new fans. And ultimately I think it's going to come down to, how are these agreements with the TV networks going to work? Is it going to be something where the average viewer can catch games or is it going to be, okay, you're doing MLS cup final and maybe a couple of playoff games and one game a week. I, I worry about it being too exclusionary, I guess, to people who, aren't already supporters and who weren't going to go out of their way to either pay for the network, uh, pay for Apple TV or buy season seats. Cause can you get Apple TV with any company? Like there are multiple ways to watch Apple TV without an Apple device. If that's what you're asking. Yes. That is what I was asking. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. That will not be a problem. Yeah, I'm only like we only have like two broadcasters here in Canada. So uh it's not very difficult <laughs> up here. I don't know what it's like in the US because the US is mental. Um but that's my big concern with this is how will that work? My I'm a huge, huge fan of the no blackouts. I think that's gonna be extremely successful. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see other sports start to do this too. Uh, baseball. baseball, hockey, uh, NFL, they sort of do it. Like, I know you can watch most games on DAZN in Canada um, or DAZN, however you want to say it. It's DAZN, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, like it's incredibly revolutionary. It's going to be talked about for a very long time. And, honestly, this could be the framework for most rights deals going forward uh in terms of tv and streaming and stuff like that but 
Yeah. I think we've talked about the TV deal enough. I think we've debated it enough. Let's debate World Cup cities being announced. In Canada, it was Toronto and Vancouver. Edmonton didn't get any games because they wanted five and uh, like a round of 16 or quarterfinal game. And if it doesn't give you anything, um, yes, I know. <laughs> um, so Toronto and Vancouver, Toronto's going to have to expand their stadium. They released some renderings yesterday or today of what BMO Field could look like. Interesting. Uh, in the U.S., Seattle, L.A., obviously. I think it's SoFi, right? SoFi. Yeah. I wish it was a Rose Bowl, but yeah. uh, Atlanta, obviously. In the central, let's go. Um, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. Okay, I've got it right in front of me, so let me take over from you. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> Dallas at uh, AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play. San Francisco Bay Area at Levi's Stadium where the 49ers play. Miami at Hard Rock, obviously. Uh, Connor already said Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz, Seattle, Lumen Field. Um, Houston, also in the football stadium, Energy Stadium. Philadelphia over at Lincoln Financial Field, Kansas City, Arrowhead, and then Boston, uh, Gillette Stadium, which is where the Revs play. And then in Mexico, we got Guadalajara, Monterey, and Mexico City. And that'll obviously be the Estadio Azteca. Yes. Whoever gets Mexico is going to be very, very pissed off because they're going to be playing at altitude. Um you Canada wasn't very surprising. We sort of knew it was going to be Toronto, Vancouver because Edmonton had requested things from FIFA and they don't take kindly to that. Uh, what about the U S were you surprised at any cities not getting any games? Uh, yeah, just period. Were you surprised in which cities? I was only surprised on the surface about the Baltimore DC joint bid to host the city just because it's the nation's capital. And so it's kind of weird that you're not playing a game in the nation's capital. Um, but as an American and someone who is very tuned in to the sports leagues and the infrastructure in this country, I could tell you very quickly that Washington didn't really stand a chance at hosting a game because FedEx field is a pile of crap. No way RFK is getting resurrected for this in four years. If it's even still standing then. Uh, Audi field is not in the running, which this is all why DC had to pair up with Baltimore to get in at um, M and T stadium. I think is the name of it, whatever the bank is, wherever the Ravens play. Um, that's the reason why they had to do that joint bid is because DC knew they were like, we're kind of in trouble here. So on the surface, surprised that the nation's capital isn't there, but we all kind of knew it was going to happen. Uh, and then personally, I'm disappointed that Nashville did not get selected. I knew they never really stood a chance, but the reason why uh, someone made a really funny tweet. They said, uh, I hope Nashville gets selected so that when there's a bachelorette party going through the city, you know, no one's going to Google what's going on that day. And they're going to be like, they will not understand what is happening downtown when that world cup match is happening. So we're going to miss out on that. Lots of confused bachelorette parties in Nashville. Um, so I am disappointed in that, but yeah, I think, I think DC is probably the biggest one of all those. 
there were a few from the previous round, like Chicago didn't even make it into this final round, which is weird. That was like a financial thing. That was the whole thing with Vancouver too, before they got back into it. But uh, yeah, DC is probably the biggest for me. I think I would, <laughs> I would agree with that in the final round. Um, I think you would have to play where the Ravens play. Um, I don't, Boston, I'm not super pumped about because the stadium actually isn't in, in Boston. Um, I do think, and they didn't make the final round, I really wish Vegas was in on this. I think that would be awesome, and a lot of money would be spent on sports betting for those games. Um, but that's not a Vegas or selection thing. That's a Vegas dropped out before the final round thing because I don't – the Bay Area doesn't really excite me. Um, that stadium doesn't look great. Miami Stadium isn't great. The city's going to be crazy. That's really exciting. Um, but for the most part, a game in – yeah, I don't think I think DC is the biggest snub for me. I think they deserve it over Boston, but Boston either stadium is really good. And yeah, my headphones went out, but I think Josh was talking about Nashville. Nissan isn't a very good stadium at all. Um, I have no idea where they would plan on playing in I Orlando. Think the, um, Camping World Stadium was going to be the it's, was going to be okay. the stadium that was played in. Okay, Cincinnati might be cool. Um, yeah, my biggest snub was DC and I wish, yeah, Vegas was in on this. Cause I think by the time world cup comes around, that's going to kind of establish themselves as a good soccer city and with the rise of sports betting on phones and just in casinos and stuff, um, that's going to be huge. So that was kind of a bust for me. You will be able to bet in Canada because that is legal or at least in Ontario. Um, Are you kidding me? Betting's going to be legal in the United States by 2026. So none of this is going to matter. Most likely. Yeah, um, they haven't announced who how many games each place is getting. Correct? Not yet. So I I was playing golf on Thursday when this was happening, and most of the time when I play, I like to just turn my phone off and get away for a little bit. That way, instead of being angry at the world, I can just be angry at myself for sucking at golf. But um, I had my phone turned off when they were doing the announcements. So when I turned it on, like people were blowing me up, saying like, "Ah, it's official, Atlanta." Blah blah blah. But I was like. Did they say which games we're getting? Did they say who's getting the finals? And, this, and no, none of that. I think that's coming next year. Yeah, it's like kind of a next year. I think it's going to be LA or New York slash New Jersey, MetLife Stadium. Uh, I think it's going to be LA or New York for the final. I am surprised they did not end up going with the Rose Bowl. I know the stadium itself is in not, it's not in the best of condition anymore. But the, it's, it sits like 100,000 people. That's so many people. I am a little concerned about SoFi. If I remember correctly, the, the um, actual dimensions of the field of the playing surface are not quite up to par. Um, I know that's for sure the case for Vegas. So that probably would have been an issue if they had stayed in for the bidding. I saw Alexi Lawless throw Atlanta out there as a location for the final. Now I, I don't think there's a single chance. Like, I don't think Atlanta is big enough. I don't think, and I, I love <laughs> Atlanta. Don't get me wrong. I, I think we're big enough and we deserve the final, but like broadly speaking, objectively speaking, I don't think Atlanta has enough pull, but like Drew just said, that was Lawless's big thing. Like it's got a roof, it's climate controlled. Like, you know, the final's going to be in the middle of July and there aren't going to be a lot of places in the States that, you know, can comfortably host this match and i'm pretty sure it'd have to be you know like three in the afternoon or whatever whatever's the best time for the world to view it 
So I am curious who they'll end up picking, but I am starting just a little bit to, I don't even know why I care if Atlanta hosts a game. Like I'm going to be able to afford to go. Like I'm going to even have the, <laughs> the luck to get a ticket to any of these games. So we'll, we'll see. You went to a World Series game, so you're a lucky, lucky man. Yes. It's all about who you know. And if there's any place that I can get connections and for a ticket, then maybe it's here. But you know what? You're right, Connor. You're, you're filling me with a lot of false hope right now. And I don't know if I hate you for it. Yeah, this or if I feel hurts. good. I got, I got four years to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vancouver would make a lot of sense, but they're not doing it in Canada. Because that's not that's not a big enough stadium. BC plays. How many does it hold? A uh, lot. Is it at like seventy thousand? How much is it? I think it it's lot? like seventy thousand. There is yes. no way. Yes. How? How big? What? At... If we're being totally honest, and it's, it's about fifty-four thousand in this World Cup Finals, it's not even close. Put the game in Knoxville, Tennessee, where it holds oh, 100,000. Give me some Rocky Top when they're coming out. Don't even play like Rocky legit music. Yeah. Just play freaking Rocky Top. By the way, look at this shirt. Isn't this shirt ridiculous? <laughs> it's in Tennessee colors. It's a smoky gray, orange font, and it says National Vols. Put it in Ann Arbor, Michigan, in the big house. That was actually really cool. We're looking at LA because I think. They'll hope that by the water it'll be cooler, despite the fact that that probably isn't a thing. It is. Uh, it stays pretty. It stays in the like. It's the same temperature in LA year round, so that's actually a good point. But SoFi is also indoors anyway, so that actually doesn't even matter. What about Seattle? I don't think the city. I don't know. I think Atlanta honestly has more pull in Seattle because Atlanta, the our biggest pull is we have that big fat. That's the thing. Right you there. also got to think about what can this and what and can the city offer as far as hosting. So LA is a good one because the airport is right next to the stadium and it's freaking LA. Like you can accommodate that many people. Atlanta has done enormous events like this before. Exactly. Hosted the Olympics, Super Bowls, final, you know, you name it. Uh, New York's an obvious one as well because it's New York. Um, so I think you really have to factor in. And, and that's why Seattle, I, I don't think is in the running. Like Drew said, you got to deal with the rainy conditions, although that would make things interesting. Um, and then also, I'm not sure the city is big enough, and I'm not sure how close it is to the airport and things like that, and how their public infrastructure is. Yeah, they do have Vancouver right there too, which is an international airport, so maybe that has some sort of influence on it. Uh, but yeah, either way, it'll be interesting to see where things end up. I did see, I think your friend Manuel Fate tweeted that he thinks the World Cup draw That's will funny. be in Vancouver. He said the city will play a bigger part than we think. Yeah, I saw exciting. It. Yeah, I guess like what teams are in what group. That's, like that's gonna uh, be We Vancouver. already know that. Uh, probably where each group is playing. Oh, he means for the next World Cup. Duh. Oh, yeah, for 2026. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, the World Cup draw was a month ago. Okay, yes. All right, that's cool. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to be very interested to see where each group plays. Because presumably one city is going to get one group-ish. Might be like two cities get two groups sort of thing. So like, where does the U.S. play? Where does Mexico play? Where does Canada play? We can't go I know, Greg Berhalter is fuming that he couldn't get Cincinnati on there. Ah. 
It's something that's going to be a consideration. Do we see, oh, actually, Italy's not in it. So I was going to say, do we see Italy in Toronto? Um, yikes. Uh, <laughs> Portugal, are Portugal? Yes, they're in it. Are they? No. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't. Unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe we see Portugal in Toronto because little Portugal is a thing here. Uh, also, this will be the biggest World Cup. So Italy making it is not like absurd to think about. Oh, I forgot they they. Yeah, it's the next the biggest World I'm Cup. getting I'm getting my cups crossed. Yeah, up. You guys are saying it, like That's Portugal true. cannot be in point. it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're like Italy, starting to confuse. You know, this wouldn't be a problem if the tournament was happening right now, like it's supposed to. Yeah, very true. But it isn't because corruption. Uh, other things that happened. <laughs> Charlotte fired Miguel Angel Ramirez 14 matches into the season. One word. Bad okay. Move. Well, Drew just gave his answer. Josh, good or bad move? It is bad, although I understand it better now. I thought Christian Fuchs' words were very illuminating about the situation. It sounded like he was on the side that was not gelling with Ramirez. Also, that Ramirez was kind of secluded at times. So I think the players just wanted a manager they could actually interact with. Um, but yeah, I mean, at first, and I'm, I mean, the jury is very out because they were overperforming. But apparently the players seem to think they were underperforming. So that is also a really interesting statement. Everybody is betting on themselves is, is what it seems like. So initially bad. So far, bad. Potentially okay, good. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, as you said, jury's still out. Other manager news, Ronnie Dyla uh, fled New York and has joined Standard Liege. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I think, did Liege pay a transfer fee? I want to say they did. Um, I, couldn't or find, like a, I couldn't find how much it was. I think like Tommy Scoops or someone reported that they did pay some sort of transfer fee, but nobody knows. Uh, it was undisclosed. Well, they might have. Who knows? Uh, does that go into game, Tam? Wait, no, I remember what it was. I'm sorry. Um, Liege paid for his buyout clause to get him out of his contract. And then at that point, it was about whether or not Dylo wanted to go to Belgium or stay in New York, and he made his decision. All right. Uh, somebody threw in this in the dock. Second time a manager has left midseason, the one before that being Patrick Vieira in 2018, going to Nice, I believe. Um, so maybe a trend starting to occur in NYCFC. Matt Turner hung out on the sidelines during his last game with the revolution. I didn't even cash that. What did you say? <laughs> Had to change it because no, he didn't, didn't play. play uh for some reason, but he did go around the stadium and sign stuff, except for one fan's Tottenham shirt. I was about to say uh, <laughs> good for him. Because... He's fitting in already. I I you know. Yeah. It's what he's got to hang on to since they're not playing Champions League football this year. That's fine. All right. Before we get too much hate for Josh, uh, Giorgio Chiellini. What? Go Spurs. Oh, my God. Giorgio Chiellini signed with LAFC. Uh, reportedly, he was close with both Vancouver and LA. Yep. Ella, Vancouver were in the running for him. Um, ended up agreeing to an 18-month contract with LAFC. Very big upgrade. Uh, that's two, potentially three uh, Italian internationals coming in the off season or not off season in the summer window. Other one being Lorenzo and Sinye, and potentially 
Dominico Crescito. God, we're still on this. Oh my gosh. Sorry, he has decided he's going to come now. Um, I have yet to confirm that information though. So who knows? Uh, but it's going to be a chaotic off season because today, as we're recording this, um, the seventh biggest transfer in MLS history occurred as Columbus Crew signed Colombian international striker Cucho Hernandez. Played for Watford. They were relegated. So that's sort of the reason. $10 million transfer fee. Contract until 2025. Pretty big sign. Yeah. All good things over here. Haven't watched this guy play. But, I don't know. I mean, you look at the expensive transfer fees. Like, I haven't looked at the exact list. But I don't think... I assume this is the most expensive in Columbus crew history. Because I'm thinking about like other teams that might be the top seven. I'm thinking Atlanta, Toronto, NYCFC. Like Columbus is nowhere near that list. So to see them do this is pretty cool. Pretty good. GSC Zardes replacement, if I do say so myself. I think they paid like seven million for Zellerion. So this smashes that. Yeah, that would decimate it. <laughs> uh, very. We'll be very interested to see how he does. Only twenty three. So potential to really grow and be another big export for MLS, but uh, I assume he's arriving in July. It seems like it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're making that signing now. There we go. Let's talk about some games starting off with Seattle drawing LAFC one-to-one at home. We'll fire through all but two games because, um, this episode's already a long one, and Josh has things to do, like feeding a cat um, or cat sitting. Two cats. He's got to go cat sit. So we want to get through this as quick as possible, which is why we're not paying, spending any time on anything. LA Galaxy drew Portland one to one at home. New York Red Bull beat Toronto two to nothing. Pain. <laughs> Drew Charlotte one to one. Montreal lost to Austin one to nothing at home. It's a big uh, road win for Austin, who continue to impress as the season goes on. We'll a see if our ten man Austin scored the goal. Wow, that's yikes! Um, oof. Yeah, we'll see if our predictions of them being real or not from last episode will hold true. But that's a pretty big result for them. Orlando beat Houston two to one. Erkin Carr scored twice. Uh, I believe he was the only player to score a brace this week. Uh, or at least Sounds about right. Matches. So big for him. Philadelphia drew Cincinnati one to one at home. Uh, and Chicago beat DC one to nothing. First game we're diving into Vancouver beat Dallas two to nothing. Right now they're looking for a playoff spot. Since we last talked and our last episode, which was as of recording exactly a month ago, Vancouver have beaten SKC, RSL, and Dallas. They lost to Charlotte. They only lost once in May and once so far in June. Are they starting to make a little bit, bit of noise? You know, they brought in Kubas from League uh, or League Two. Are Vancouver for real? Could we see them push for the playoffs this year again? 
I think I think we can see him do it again. I mean, obviously we saw what they did at the end of last year. Um, they brought back Sartini, so we know this team can do it. I think you bring in that transfer. Kubas is really big. I think this was his first start with them against Dallas. And the main thing is the team is really just getting more healthy. Um, the injuries they have gone through have been brutal. We saw that with the whole goalkeeper situation where they had to like signed a guy from a CPL team, I think to go on the road at Charlotte. So that's just not, it's hard to win or in the road at all on MLS. And then you add that going on. Um, so I think they're starting to get more healthy. Um, they kind of got clubbed around by Seattle four nil, I think last weekend. Um, so, but I think, I think they're kind of coming together and being the team that honestly, a lot of people expected them to given their crazy run to end last season. A lot of people expected them to be, around that playoff spot again this year. And, you know, we really, it's easy to forget how long this season is. I think we've, what, are we halfway through the year yet in the league? Because what we play 34 games and Vancouver has played uh, 15, 16. So we're about halfway through the season. Uh, they've played 16 games. So, I mean, we're, this is only not even halfway through. So I think we're maybe if fell for judging a team maybe a little too early now, there's they could also just collapse in the second half of the season. That's also possible. But the team's getting more healthy, new signings coming in. Um, I think that's a sign that they are of the ability to make a playoff push, playoff run. That's gonna be tough when Seattle and LAFC are in the same conference. Um but I think the health is the main thing. And then the new signings coming in as well is going to help them a lot. So I think they're starting to become the Vancouver we expected them to be. Um, like we said, they've taken, I think, 16 points out of the last. It was something crazy, like 10 games or something like that. So good start for them. Uh, their only losses have been to Charlotte on the road with the goalkeeper situation. And then to Seattle, I also think, on the road, which might be the most impossible fixture in the league. So, yeah, I think they're playing really well. Injuries coming back and new signings is helping them turn it around and kind of be what we expected them to be. Yeah, I think this is a team that, as you said, struggled with injuries early on in the season. They've got talent, as we saw last year. Uh, sounds like they might be looking for another center back, um, especially if the Chiellini, 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 no, what am I saying? Keelini rumors are correct. Um, but yeah, I think this is a team can make a bit of noise. Obviously, the Hassel rumors hurt, but Cropper's stepped up pretty well. Um, so, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Josh, you have any thoughts on anything from the Vancouver Dallas game? Yeah, you know, I think it's just it's an important or an impressive win, I should say from Vancouver and they are in the middle of a pretty good run of form right now, but like Drew was saying, they've got a long summer to go through. That's kind of when teams, you know, kind of make or makes or breaks their season. So I do think we'll know more about Vancouver in like the next few weeks. They've got a pretty interesting slate of games coming up. It's not, it's a very mixed bag. They've got new England, on this Sunday hosting New England. So that'll be a very interesting match. You know, we'll definitely see where Vancouver's at. After that, they got to host LAFC. That'll be another interesting one to just see how well Vancouver matches up against a good team. 
They've got Minnesota at home, a winnable game, Cincinnati on the road, another big test, Portland on the road, a Cascadia rivalry match, and then Chicago at home. That's their next six games. So they could definitely get, I would say, about 10 points would be pretty impressive from their next six, and I think it's doable. But there are some there are some pretty big games in there that are going to really show us, I think, how for real Vancouver is. Because while their run of form is pretty good, I mean, if you really look, right, they only beat Sporting Kansas City 1-0. They, although that was on the road, so that's impressive. They did beat RSL at home, but RSL was on a red card. They got demolished by Seattle, who we also don't know how legit they are yet. And then they beat Dallas on the road, which that is an impressive win, although Dallas is kind of struggling for form right now. So, like I said, this upcoming stretch, we'll really figure out how Vancouver is doing. But, hey, the more they get healthy and they add players like Kubas and, you know, a defender could really turn their season around and get them headed in the right direction going in the playoffs. Yep. Next game uh, we're going in depth on. RSL beats San Jose 2 to nothing. RSL are now second in the Western Conference. Really, Connor? I was told that they were frauds. I think that was the word. Um, was it? No, it wasn't you. It wasn't me. Oh, Drew. That's who it was. It was Drew. I cannot. Right. I think, I think fraudulent was the word that was used. I had a point a couple of months ago. Now, not so much. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sold on them yet. I think we're still very early in the season. Well, we're almost at the midway point. Um, <laughs> they have played one more game than the... FC Dallas and Austin, who are both trailing them, um, and LA Galaxy, but LA are too far behind to catch them. How are they doing this? I mean, to be something that I think we forgot about um, was this is the first full season under Masteroni because obviously the weird shenanigans where their head coach went to Seattle to be an assistant and they made a run to the this Western Conference final, right? So, yeah. I mean, I think he's just the money man. And then they added the DP. That's the first DP signing of the new ownership. Um, so I think they just got all the right pieces right now. And I mean, my fraudulent claim at the beginning of the season, it had a point. They were playing a bunch of CCL teams and playing a bunch of games at home and playing in RSL is like hell on earth where you're playing in the mountains. Um, but I mean, it's their best start in league history. I saw through 16 games um, undefeated at home. That's the biggest one. I think there's six Oh and one at home. I saw something like that. And I mean, as far as winning the shield, that's going to be really hard, but I mean, if you, that's the formula in MLS, right? We say it all the time, win at home, get points on the road. I mean, if they finish second in the Western Comets, they're going to have a majority of their playoff games at home. And they're showing that they're kind of making it a Nashville type situation where they don't lose at home unless it was this past weekend. But yeah, they have all the pieces there, it looks like, to make a deep run. Josh, do you have an answer to my question of how are they doing this? Not really. And I keep, I keep telling it. myself. They're... I called them frauds and they said, you know what? Let's prove that punk wrong. But like, they've been doing this since the beginning. Like, remember I was trying to fight you on that. I was like, no, like they're doing really well. I can't tell you why, but they are. Um, if you take their points now and you extrapolate it out across a full season, they're at about a 60 point pace, which is a lock for the playoffs. 
and in most years up until recently would have put you in contention for a supporter shield almost. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. I like you, Connor. I'm like, I don't buy them. I don't really think they're for real, but I mean, we're halfway through the season at this point, pretty much. We are, we are in the middle of the season, these next like six games or whatever. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe, um, you know, maybe with their upcoming schedule, let me pull it up real quick. You know, things will get a little bit more challenging, but it hasn't really phased them up to this point. That's, that's the craziest thing. I don't know. They've got a pretty easy schedule coming up. Columbus at home, Minnesota on the road. Those are two very winnable games. Colorado at home. That could be fun. There's some juice now to the Rocky mountain cup. It seems like with both these teams playing well, and then uh, on the road to Atlanta and, I don't know. Atlanta will probably be down to their third stringers at that point. So I'm sure RSL will be competitive. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would encourage if you're listening to this and you want to know more about RSL, uh, Matt Doyle in one of his recent armchair analysts, like um, weekend wrap ups, he kind of went in depth on RSL a little bit. He's in the same boat as the rest of us. He doesn't fully understand how they're doing this because like Demir Krylock isn't even playing um rubio rubin hasn't really done anything for them this year like they they still have dp slots to fill like they're they're so far away from being their final form of themselves so the fact that they're doing this well is incredible and you want to talk about a home field advantage that is so cool not only that not only are the undefeated home and they have the best start in club history through 16 matches i think they've already broken their own record for most home sellouts in a season and we're only it's like seven consecutive I, I, sellouts that was also part of the article I read. That is that is huge. I mean, that right there in and of itself is an advantage, along with the altitude and whatnot, like Drew was mentioning. But you want to talk about a fan base that is completely re-energized, I guess, by new ownership, by making the Western Conference final last year. This is kind of a perfect storm for RSL. It's really quite impressive and really exciting, too. People forget Real Salt Lake won MLS Cup this uh was it in the 2010s? It might have been a little bit that, back when Jason Christ was with him. There you go. So it is about three eras ago at this point because MLS is in like 6.0 or something and it constantly evolves at a faster rate than previous. But either way, like people forget that RSL, they're MLS Cup winners. Like they're, they have a pedigree in this league, even though they've gone through so much troubles the last few years between their coaches and their ownership. They could, they could really be coming through very strong and, could be the beginning of something incredible out in Utah. Very possibly. I think a lot of the weight is off their shoulders with the new ownership group. Um, Mastrioni is like maybe the second coming of Pep Guardiola or something like that, because I don't know how he's getting them to play like this. Uh, but yeah, it really impressive from RSL and we'll see if they can keep it up. Josh and I aren't fully convinced, but it's been impressive what they've done nonetheless. Next game, your Atlanta United defeated the Inter Miami because Inter Miami suck two to nothing. Uh, what's that? Fa- They're not that bad. Inter Miami's not that bad right now. You really haven't been paying attention, I guess. No, they are. They're doing pretty well. I was a bit surprised that Atlanta United ended up winning. I mean, if you look at the red cards and stuff, it's fine, but. Yeah, I mean, Miami's in 10th. They're only two points out of the playoff spot, so they're they're doing quite all right for them. I still think they suck. Uh, New England beat Minnesota 2-1. to one. 
because of course they did and they're becoming insane again. We didn't even talk about this. Adam Buxa is going to lens. He has been sold. I think it's a $10 million transfer fee ish, maybe seven. That was like the most well-kept transfer secret, at least on my end. Like I didn't even, I could tell no rumors about it. Saw no Tommy scoops, nothing. And then the official team tweet and like, Oh my God, he's gone. Yeah, so he's gone to Liga. Now it's just uh, Gustavo Bo and Carlos Heel, who are DPs, I think. Um, so I think they have a DP slot open, which scary. Uh, big move for him. Big export for MLS. Thought we should mention that. Uh, next game, NYCFC drew Colorado one-to-one. Colorado snapped. NYCFC and Sean Johnson's six-game shutout streak, which was 650 minutes. Toronto FC haven't kept a clean sheet, clean sheet this season, going back to November of last season. It's been like 27 games, and they just kept a clean sheet for six straight. All my life is pain. Nashville lost to SKC. Uh, Nashville's 22-game unbeaten streak at home, which was the sixth longest in league history, finally came to an end. Uh, SKC playing pretty decently, I think. Um, Nope, they're 12th in the West because that makes total sense. Uh, But, yeah, Walker Zimmerman didn't play, did he? Because... I think they sat him for rest. I think. Yes. No, nobody can confirm me on I that. I am on FOMOB right now. He did not play. No. Yeah. So I'm sure that played a part in it. But yeah, Nashville's 22 game unbeaten streak comes to an end. That's the games. Let's do players of the week, goals of the week, and games to watch. We'll start off with our players of the week. We will start with Josh. I chose Jefferson Saverino with RSL. He had a goal and assist in their 2-0 win over San Jose. And I also picked uh, Luisa Ruju from Atlanta United, who also finished with a goal and assist in their 2-0 win over Miami. Drew, I feel like I'm going to hear something very sim- similar to what uh, Josh just said. Who's your player of the week? No, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say Joseph Martinez because he too had a goal and an assist in Atlanta United's win over Miami, which still sounds very similar. But the reason Connor said that is because I too had Luis Adarujo as my player of the week. But I'll flip it up. All right. I like it. Uh, I went with Erkin Kara because he scored a brace against Houston. Um, Goals of the week. We'll start with mine to get the pain over quickly. No, I won't. I will start with Josh. Josh, you go first. I picked Graham Zussi's banger from SKC's 2-1 win over Nashville. That is a little generous just in the sense that Nashville opted not to defend (laughs) Graham Zussi, which is dumb because the guy can still hit a ball pretty well, and he showed them that. So... He had a nice, nice goal. Drew, 
What's your goal of the week? I went with Casado's free kick against Dallas. I think it was their second goal of the game, second goal of the first half as well. And also, this is random. Yesterday, I just randomly started thinking about mixed disc guru. I don't know why. Who? Exactly. <laughs> but that was my goal of the week. I've never heard of that person. Played for NYC. Wait, what about mixed disc I just randomly started thinking about him yesterday. I have no idea why. Oh. But when you mentioned Graham he- Zussi, I was like, that was the same era. Yeah, kind of. So, Connor, all you need to know about Mix Discord is he's a former U.S. men's national team international player who has been with Man City for like eight <laughs> years, I think, and has never once played a single minute for their first team. He's gotten loaned out to city clubs every single year, including NYCFC, their inaugural season. He was one of their inaugural DPs, <laughs> and he scored their first ever goal against Orlando. So Mix that's the Mix, Mix Discord knowledge for you where is he right a now? true legend where is he right now uh i think he's i think man city finally sold him like he, he finally got away from the club i think he's playing in sweden somewhere let me double check on that maybe he's retired that would be probably a smart not call the biggest shot mix, the mix it up he yes he is finally not with man city anymore and he is currently with Omonia and Cyprus. <laughs> Cyprus. Yes, he is playing for Cyprus, which apparently when something is from Cyprus, it is Cypriot. Cypriot. I don't know how to say that. Okay. Um, that's a fact I didn't expect to hear. Uh, <laughs> okay, I think I vaguely... It vaguely sounds familiar. Uh, I think I remember when he was sold because people made a big deal of it. Uh, that he was finally gone from them. But, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. My goal of the week was Luquinhas's, Luquinhas's, I can't say his name. The Brazilian. Just Lu- Luquinhas. Luquinhas. Uh, Luquinhas's chip against Toronto FC. Um, yeah, just pain. <laughs> Please solve the issues of my team defending. Uh, games to watch. I'm sticking with the New York Red Bulls, and I'm going with... LAFC against the New York Red Bulls. LAFC currently leading the West and the New York Red Bulls second in the East. So pretty big matchup between two very, very good teams. Uh, We'll stick with the theme of teams involving goals of the week. And I will go to Drew for your game to watch. Yes, I went with Vancouver and New England uh, because I just want to see Vancouver. Can they keep it up? And New England obviously coming off that win. So two teams in pretty good runs of form. I don't know where it is, but that should be an exciting one off between two of the 50 teams I love in this league. <laughs> okay. Um, you're not wrong. Josh, what's your game to watch before we do our fantasy updates? I, about that. <laughs> I am picking Philadelphia Union against NYCFC, hosting NYCFC. This is a big one. This is the sixth time in league history that a match between two MLS teams on an eight-plus game unbeaten run will face off against each other. And it's the first time this has happened since 2011. NYCFC is on a nine-straight unbeaten streak, and Philadelphia is on an eight-straight. I think most of Philadelphia's are draws, and most of NYCFC's are wins. But either way, this is going to be a great matchup. it doesn't look like it's going to be on national TV, which is a bummer because it is on Sunday and it is at 6 p.m. 
Um, so I am definitely looking forward to this. This is like top of the table Eastern Conference showdown. And it's a rematch of that Eastern Conference final from last year where Philadelphia held on pretty strongly despite missing almost their entire first team to COVID. Right. I remember that. Um, yeah. So all good games to watch. Let's do our fantasy update. Does anybody have it open? No, Gosh, you don't. <laughs> of course. No. Have what open? I don't, I don't <laughs> even know what language you're speaking right now. That's accurate because you suck at this thing. Um, it, let's start with, how each of us are doing um, sitting at the bottom in 21st place, Mr. Joshua Boland. Uh, Let's go 702 points. You're up on super hot fire, uh, which is Parker return of the Morris Reynolds and uh, LT two WFC, which is Muniz um, drew or let's do actually Josh's brother, the Bullenders <laughs> sitting in 16th. I think Josh has something to say that looks pretty important. I was just going to say that I'm proud of myself because um, my, my pickup group, the guy that runs the in, um, EPL fantasy league that we do, he yep. asked me if I wanted to play. And I said, no, I turned him down. I said, no, I'm not going to do it because I think I need to just accept that. I don't actually like playing fantasy sports. So I'm, I'm proud of me. This is a little, Pat on the back. Oh my god. Okay. Um, Drew, you're sitting in twelfth, eight ninety two points. You were very far behind Ivan, who's in eleventh, uh, on a thousand forty nine. Oh yikes! <laughs> you're just barely up on Jolie, who's in thirteenth on eight eighty eight, and then I am in tenth on thousand ninety eight points. Um, we all suck though because our top five sitting on 1332 in first real AVC with Verdeja. Uh, second, US Wins National Team SC with Prisbjorka. Uh, third, Avenue BFC with Ketchum. Fourth, two twos in a row because it's great. Uh, Nelson, older goaler, is in fifth. And Moron FC is now in sixth. That's our fantasy update. Last week was a double week uh, for a couple of teams. So um, it was a high scoring week in general, but yeah, that's our fantasy update. Um, anybody have anything they want to add to the episode that we missed or any of that fun stuff? No, nothing. Nope. All right. Then that just leaves Drew taking this out of our first episode in a month. Yes. Thank you guys so much as always for listening to us. I swear we won't take this long. We're break next time. Um, but yeah, we really do appreciate you guys listening to us as always visit the <laughs> website, mlsmultiplex.com and check out a lot of awesome written stories. I just read something today. Our friend Kaylin wrote about the MLS Apple TV deal. So highly recommend you guys give that a read to understand that whole shenanigan. And as the league continues, uh, busy summer ahead of us. So go visit the website. Uh, go follow the website on Twitter at MLS Multiplex to see stories as they get posted 
on the socials and you can find us on Twitter, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, Josh at Josh underscore Voland and Connor at CWG Somerville to see our takes as we watch our teams probably lose slash get injured right in front of our very eyes. And as always subscribe to the podcast. It takes half a second to hit that subscribe button, but it does help us out tremendously. Leave a review on the podcast that helps us out tremendously as well. And yeah, be sure to tune in next week or whenever we record the sucker again, and we'll keep you updated on the wild world of MLS. So thank you guys again so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the MLS multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors written work at MLSmultiplex.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.